and I went for a promotion and I didn't get it and I overheard the HR person say we can't put somebody that looks like her in front of the client. Losing weight isn't easy and some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real-life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Weight Loss Warrior episode. My name's Carl. I'm your host, as always. And today I'm joined by Charlotte from Warwickshire. How are you, Charlotte? I'm very well, thank you. It's great to have you on the show. And I'm really, really looking forward to hearing your story today because having followed you on Instagram, having seen a video of you on YouTube as well, where you appeared on daytime television, uh, you've got some stories to tell. And, you know, your journey has definitely not been usual. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Wow. Um, my elevator pitch. So I'm Charlotte. I'm 34. I currently live in Warwickshire, but I've been around the block a little bit. So I used to live and work in London. I work in law firm. Okay. Um, and I also spent a little bit of time in the Netherlands because that's where my partner was based. It's also where I had my daughter. So now I find myself back in Warwickshire my daughter is now three and I'm expecting my second baby fantastic and he's due in January I believe he is yes so the thing that's interesting about your journey Charlotte and I'd like to talk about first of all you've navigated weight loss prior to becoming pregnant and so there's that aspect of it how do you as a pregnant lady navigate and continue your journey of weight loss do you put it on pause do you carry on and what plans do you have but I think that's it comes a little bit later why don't we start if that's okay talking about how your weight has been a factor as part of your life growing up when did weight become an issue for you so I was actually trying to think a bit about this before this podcast mm -hmm. and I don't actually think my weight was a huge issue until I was about seven or eight and then I started getting I was definitely a chunkier child and at my school that I went to I wasn't picked for any of like the sports teams and that really kind of got to me because I was a really passionate tennis player and I loved playing tennis but I was just never picked and I think I just kind of gave up a bit and was just like no this isn't for me I don't like exercise and I just got into my studying and also I was you know my family are big emotional eaters I guess because every occasion involves food Christmas Easter if you're sad eat if you're happy eat those kinds of things and it was all done out of love especially because I was looked after a lot by my my grandparents and they cooked really proper hearty food um mm -hmm. and because they were older perhaps I didn't move as much and then I became a student and then my weight just spiraled and I did the usual thing of going out a lot drinking eating not so good stuff so I got to a point where I eventually got to 27 stone. Okay. And w what age were you when you reached 27 stone, Charlotte? I would have been 27. 
Okay. So throughout your twenties, then, you know, throughout your teenage life as well, but throughout your twenties, you were progressively gaining weight Yeah. through what should be a time in your twenties of, you know, having fun and in, enjoying yourself. But was that true for you? Were you able to still enjoy yourself or was it something that was hanging over your head and, you know, like a bit of a cloud or how did it impact you? I would say a bit of both because I had a family that loved me, who still love me, great friends. Um, I had a fantastic social life. I had a brilliant career and I had a lovely home. So I was very fortunate and very lucky. The one thing I would say about weight, though, is that it held me back in in the form of, I guess it took up a lot of mental space because when you're bigger, particularly for me living in London, if I wanted to meet friends, I couldn't just get on the tube and go somewhere because I couldn't walk. I physically couldn't walk to the end of my road to get the train a couple of stops into Liverpool Street. I just couldn't do it. I had to take a taxi everywhere. And that takes up a lot of time and thinking and money. It's expensive to do that. Of course. Um, The other thing is that I saw my peers, my friends, settling down making plans and you know having the life that I really really wanted to have and ultimately I thought well one day I really want to have my own family and that's just not going to happen because one I don't particularly love myself and particularly the way that I wasn't looking after myself I wasn't moving I wasn't feeding myself the right stuff that shows a lack of self-esteem if I don't love myself how can somebody else love me you know, I wasn't going to find somebody to have a child with. I also thought, well, if I am lucky enough to find somebody, then if I can't have a baby, I don't want my lifestyle to be the thing that's holding that back. And also, if you want to go for fertility treatment or any kind of assistance, then your BMI has to be a certain level. I don't necessarily agree that BMI equals health. However, I didn't want something that was my doing to be holding me back from something that I wanted in my life so of course I just thought I have to do something about it and I was in my mid to late 20s and I thought if I do this in 10 years it's going to be too late I have to do it now thank you for sharing all of that and one of the things that I picked up on there at least felt was that externally around you you were very very fortunate like you said with great friends family career home everything around you was was very good and you said though that you didn't love yourself and so this is obviously where you look at things on the external side and then internally how you were as Charlotte how you felt inside yourself and you can see that there were some plans in your mind for the future that just wouldn't have been able to happen or would have been very difficult for you to do had you have pursued them. So when you got to the the age where you thought, okay, I'm going to do something about this and change, if we could just look at, or I could ask you perhaps, in terms of how you felt in terms of mindset, were you sad about being overweight? Were you feeling down about it? Or because you were supported in such a, a positive way with all of the things happening in your life, it didn't really create such an issue for you? I didn't see it as like oh I'm really sad about something I was like I have to just do something about it because Mm -hmm. there's no point if you want to change you have to make something happen you have to make that change but for me it was almost like I didn't want to admit it myself so my catalyst moment was actually 
um, on New Year's Eve 2015 so about to go into 2016 and I just moved into my flat in London and it had a, a rooftop I invited some people over for dinner and then to watch the fireworks one of my friends gave me as a present a pink leather bound diary and he said just try writing in that so I, I kind of like put it to one side and then we went up to the roof to see the new year in and he said to me okay what do you want to achieve in 2016 and I said well I'd like to get a promotion at work and he said what do you want what do you want to do Charlotte and I said I want to get a promotion and he just took me to one side and he's like tell me what do you want and that was the first time I'd ever admitted to anybody else and actually to myself that I wanted to lose weight. Wow, so that's quite a courageous thing that your your friend did there. And because it could have gone one of two ways, especially on New Year's Eve. It, <laughs> it, it's, it could have created a huge argument. Um, but I'm guessing you could see straight away the intention there was good. And like you said, it was the first time you admitted it to yourself. And in the back of your mind, there can be all kinds of thoughts and feelings going on and wondering, but it's very difficult realization to come to when you say okay because the moment it comes out your mouth you're kind of committed to it a little bit that okay that's what needs to happen that's what I want to achieve so what was your first step then on New Year's Eve with your journal so I did start writing in the journal however nothing really happened because I had this crazy job where I didn't come home very often I just kind of slept under my desk and I worked in a place where if you worked late they sent a takeaway for you and that kind of thing and I went for a promotion and I didn't get it and I overheard the HR person say we can't put somebody that looks like her in front of the client wow so I quit my job good for you I got myself a different job which had less ridiculous hours and I thought right this is my time to look after me I lived in Hackney at the time and across the road from where I lived was um, a gym called London Fields Fitness, which is run by a guy called Sapan. And he's really passionate about affordable fitness for everybody. So, you know, it's not a posy gym, very uh, Hackney hipster vibes, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, and I went across the road there and I said to him, I'd like to do some personal training, but I really don't want anybody else to see me um, it was kind of like my little secret and it was in the April of 2016 that I started doing this and he said okay what kind of time are you looking at training and I said 5am and he was like oh god and um, I said please 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 and he agreed to it and I'm not going to lie to you. At first, it was not plain sailing because often I'd be like, oh, I can't be bothered to do this. I really don't want to do it. And I really struggled. And I used to use all kinds of excuses. I mean, like once I said like my door handle had broken off, so I was trapped in my flat. I mean, come on. <laughs> wow. um, and so I had that going on. And then on the other side, I had um, sort of the idea of joining a slimming club. And I didn't know whether it would be the type of thing for me because I didn't like the sort of 
I guess, the little Britain sort of sketch that we see with Marjorie Dawes and clapping like, oh, you've lost half a pound and all of that dust, dust eating dust. And I certainly wasn't going to eat that because I wanted to eat proper food because I thought, well, if this is going to work, I want to not be miserable. Of course. And actually, the person that really inspired me to join Slimming World was my taxi driver that took me everywhere. So she's a proper London cabbie. She's called Angie, and I call her my angel because whenever I need her in London, I just pick up the phone and I'm like, Angie, help me, save me, come and get me wherever I need her. Um, She's there. She's brilliant. And she used to say to me every Tuesday morning when she picked me up, just make sure that you're on time, please, um, because I need to go to my swimming world group. And she was just talking to me about it and all the kinds of foods that she ate. It wasn't kind of saying, oh, you should join, but it kind of like got me thinking and I started looking into it. And I just said to her one day, I said, you know what, I'm just going to give this a go. So can you take me with you? Not to her. No, I didn't go with her, to her Slimming World group. Um, I went to a Slimming World group in Hackney and she took me there um, and I walked in and um, I think they were just like, who the hell is this woman? And the friends that I made from there, because no joke, they were the loveliest people ever. They were just like, you're all right, you know, for a posh bed. Yeah. <laughs> um and they were just so lovely and supportive and I sort of learned all the foods that I could have rather than what I couldn't and in my first week I lost eight pounds and I just it just kind of went on from there really that's amazing and I, I love how various characters throughout your journey have become important to you yeah. you know your personal trainer your taxi driver and especially coming from a place where you took taxis literally everywhere, because yeah. you said earlier you, you weren't able to to walk from from place to place. So I imagine you spent quite a lot of time with Angie. And oh, me and Angie the fact that she inspired used you. to like we we used to put the world to rights in the back of that cab. And then mm-hmm. when I started, as I lost more weight and I got fitter, I got more confident, and I was just like, right, okay, I need to try online dating. She was my wing woman. So she was always there to get me out of a situation if I ever needed to get out of one. And she'd be like, you're not taking the tube home. I'm going to pick you up. I want to make sure that you get home safe. You know, she was always there for me. And although now I don't actually need to use her because I can just walk everywhere. Whenever Mm -hmm. I do need a cab in London, she's my woman. She's amazing. She supports Arsenal and she's got like an Arsenal reg number she was doing so well she was doing so well <laughs> she wasn't so impressed that the man that i've eventually ended up with is a spurs supporter but yeah there we that's go. all right by me yeah <laughs> as a tottenham fan that's absolutely fine oh, by dear. me I've, i um, mean i've been supporting tottenham vicariously for almost seven years now and seeing as i'm not a football fan at all even i know the pain of being a spurs fan you can imagine what I've done to my wife who's Spanish and a, a big Barcelona fan. So I've really dragged her down a few levels by making a sport Tottenham with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's painful being a Spurs fan. And so, yeah, I love these characters and you started your journey, the weight started coming off and it sounds like you changed a number of habits in your life, becoming fitter, doing training, looking at your diet 
in it much closer and it was serving you it was helping you to lose weight so what was really the next stage for you did you continue to lose weight for a certain period of time because I know some at some point you also moved to Amsterdam um, and you were going between Amsterdam and London and you started a new relationship as well yeah so I kept on losing weight and I eventually lost 15 stone and I've had some skin removal surgeries as well and what was the time period there so initially, it took me 18 months. That's really fast. It is very fast. But also, so. I do caveat that by saying that I was, a, you know, I had, I had a partner, but I was a single person. I didn't have any responsibilities. I didn't have a family. I didn't have children to worry about. I had myself, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are like, wow, that's amazing. I wish I could do that. And I was like, well, I probably couldn't do it that quickly now that I have a child and obviously I've got another one on the way so I I think it's all relative so you know don't don't be hard on on yourself with how and and don't compare different people's journeys because everybody is individual I think you know that's amazing advice we haven't even got to the bit where I ask you if you've got any advice for anyone but that is absolutely golden there because you're absolutely right and if you are able to just focus on yourself on your journey it's great because you can really put everything into that. But you're right, you shouldn't compare yourself to other people. And even two people with exactly the same lives may lose weight at different rates just because everybody's body's different. We have different genetics. And so there are so many variables that can impact a weight loss journey that you're absolutely right to say that, not to compare yourself. But when I hear somebody who's lost 15 stone in 18 months, I'm always impressed because regardless of your situation, doing that in a natural way is impressive. It's a lot of weight to lose and more so because of the fact that you've spent so many years at a higher weight. So it's not just the the weight loss that impresses me, it's the change of lifestyle that you've achieved. But actually, I think weight loss is a mindset and you can do all of these other things, but unless up here you are wanting to change and you are committed to make that change because nothing changes unless you change. So you've got to be in it you can pay slimming world 5.95 each week until the cows come home but unless you want to do it you know paying that money isn't going to magically make you lose weight so true so true and and really the direction of the podcast going more towards mindset literally every week because of that reason and i see a lot of the struggles people have with yo-yo dieting emotional eating you have to look at those things and fix that part of your journey and then as a result of that weight loss will follow but I think that for many people if you put too much focus on the weight loss itself expecting it to fix all the other things that you're going through it doesn't come out successful in that way because you have to give yourself that opportunity to work on yourself from the inside out and you see that that is exactly why I say I don't want to be one of those typical before and after photos that you see in a magazine in the doctor's surgery where somebody's really glum and then all of a sudden they lose weight and their life is amazing because life isn't like that and losing weight will not bring you happiness it will not bring you success it will not bring you you know fame and fortune it is all about your mindset and wanting to do it for yourself. And actually the best thing that you can do for yourself is to be the strongest, happiest, fittest, healthiest version of you. Instead of placing all of the emphasis on the fact that you've lost weight, it's all the other achievements that you have that coincide with your weight loss journey, working on your self-belief, your self-confidence, your self-esteem, 
being able to challenge yourself and fight towards a goal that you may have never been able to do before. All of these things, I think, like you say, build a stronger character within yourself. And that is what I think brings the happiness and allows you to do it. Now, the weight loss is obviously an important part of it because for a lot of people, it creates a lot of self-belief and self-confidence when you see physically the, the changes that are happening but you're absolutely right. I think if you isolate weight loss on its own, it does not bring happiness and it does not solve all your problems either. So for you, Charlotte, then as part of your journey, you lost in 18 months, 15 stone, which is, like I said, incredible. And were you also working on all of those other areas in your life as well? Were you becoming a happier person because of the fact that you were giving yourself more care on your mental health, on your mindset as well? Yeah. And actually, I think what I always say as well is that you know, losing weight is one thing and seeing the numbers go down on the scale. I think there is so much focus that is put on a number giving us a value. But actually, the biggest value I gave myself and the biggest freedom that I gave myself was fitness. Because if you are able to walk somewhere and not have to think about time or being embarrassed or fitting into a seat or, you know, any of these other things that just is incredible. It gives you freedom when before you were trapped. And Mm -hmm. that is something that the majority of people take for granted. And building up your fitness is hard. And you have to be strict with yourself. But you know, you don't run a marathon in, you know, the first time you step outside, it's baby steps. And my personal trainer that I had Sapan to start with he's not my trainer now but every time I go back to London I always go to his gym and I always do a class because those are the people who saw me change mm-hmm. um and we were doing silly things like literally just having like one kilo weights and doing this which now seems super simple but that is building foundations to keep on going up of course of course and starting right at the very bottom is so key because of injury and just because you don't have the physical health there to be able to do that and you know I, I love the fact that you go back and see him as well and you know it's it shows that you remember how you, you got to where you are today and I think it's important he he put so much faith and trust in me mainly because I was dragging him out of bed at 5am I was gonna say a lot of early mornings <laughs> as well but also I think, you know, the fitness industry has, you know, a certain aesthetic. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people that may go to a personal trainer, we may stereotypically think that they look a certain way or they already have a level of fitness. I was starting from zero and he believed in me. I don't think every trainer would have taken me on. So... Okay. I owe a lot to him. And I'm so glad that you did go on that journey for you, for him. You know, it just sounds like a, it, well, it is a lovely story. So then after losing the weight, and I'm just trying to keep a track on a timeline here, Charlotte. So yeah. after losing weight, you started a relationship and you had your first baby. Yeah. Um... Tell me a little bit about <laughs> that. Or tell my listeners, because I, I know that, I know the, you know, the, the big, part of this that that makes it such an incredible story so if you don't mind just sharing that and what makes this so unique so I thought because I'm quite an organized controlling sort of person 
that I would have a baby when I wanted one. Um, however, I think one of the biggest life lessons that I've ever had is having my daughter the way that I had her because I had her in the middle of lockdown. It was Father's Day, June 2020. I was in Amsterdam with my partner because he lived there and I went out to live and work there for a little bit during the lockdown. Mm. I went. So that's what took you to Amsterdam? Yes. Um, I Got went you. out for a seven kilometer run. I came back, didn't feel great. I had the GP come and examine me in the apartment. He told me I had IBS. And then an hour later, I gave birth to our daughter. So I had a baby that I didn't know I was having. I delivered her myself. So yeah, let's just rewind. Yeah. I, I think that's just key to make sure that people realise that up until this point of you going out for your seven comes to running, coming back. I didn't know that I was pregnant. No. You didn't know you were pregnant? No. And that, that, I mean, it creates lots of questions that, you know, we're not, are not really the purpose of the show today. Like, how did you not know you were pregnant, etc. Um, But the fact that the doctor who came to examine you also just said you had IBS and didn't realise you were pregnant either. That also asked beg some questions as well I think um how was that experience it was very very traumatic I mean at the time when it was happening so Evelyn's birth um so my daughter's called Evelyn her um her delivery was not um straightforward at all so in a medical setting if you have an umbilical cord prolapse so that means the umbilical cord comes out first that is a medical emergency so it's sort of like the top priority of things where a midwife would be like um this isn't going well so we were really up against it it was just uh me and um mr o as i call him on my instagram just me and him in our apartment and then after an umbilical cord, um, there were two feet. So she was breech <laughs> and she was born blue, not breathing, no heartbeat. And we had to resuscitate her. And we had air ambulance, ambulances, police, everything. And we were told that it was highly unlikely that she would survive. And if she did survive, she would have catastrophic brain damage. But by some way of a miracle... We had the MRI when she was about five days old. She was in intensive care and they literally said to us, never seen this before, but whatever you two did in that apartment saved her. Ultimately, obviously she had a lot of other care as well, but yeah, she, she survived. And she still now to this day does have some issues following her birth. So her physical development is quite delayed but she is such a vivacious and determined little girl um, and she's she's really happy. So what more could you want? That's amazing. And, you know, it's we were talking a little bit before hitting record today on the show and talked about this in a little more detail. And it's it, it's very nice to know that I had a happy ending because the odds were stacked against you. And just, just giving birth without knowing you were pregnant puts you, I'd say, a very hefty disadvantage in that moment as well because there's a lot of panic a lot of confusion taking place I would imagine but I, I guess you wouldn't even have had time to think about that in that instance it would just no. be right okay this is our focus and what we have to do just a very unique story and I watched the video on YouTube where you were interviewed on um, Good Morning Television I think it was and the doctor was there present with you and had said that we, we maybe see this once a year so it's a very very unique situation 
and definitely not common. Um, so in some cases, you could say you were lucky. But it turned out like in some cases, you could say you were unlucky, but it happened to you. Um, and how did that going on? Because obviously up until that day, you were running. So I'm guessing you were still in good health and focused on fitness. How did that impact your journey of weight loss, becoming a mum completely out of the blue? So obviously it was um, very traumatic what we went through. But I think it started a bit of a slippery slope because, you know, I had I hadn't lost any weight during the lockdown. And I was wondering why. And obviously I, I was having a baby. But um, then when I had her, I lost like 10 kilos. Um, and people were then like oh you can have whatever you want like you're going through such a bad situation which we were have a piece of chocolate cake and that for me is like saying to an alcoholic have a drink because I had the chocolate cake and then I had the whole of the cake and then I was left in Amsterdam with this amazing little girl but I was wandering around the canals of Amsterdam in lockdown and literally just going into the supermarket and finding a friend in Tony's Chocolione and just eating chocolate <laughs> all the time. And I put on five stone. Um, and then when we eventually came back to the UK, I was like, right, okay, I need to sort myself out now. And again, that was not anybody telling me to. It was like, I need to do this for me now. And I need to do it for my daughter because she is my motivation. And I did go back to Slimming World. I found a group close to me. I've got um, a new personal trainer again, close to me where I live in Warwickshire. Um, and I've lost, before I got pregnant again, I'd lost six stones. So actually, ultimately I've oh, lost... Okay. 16 and a bit stone in total so you, your journey continued and you actually yeah. you know you, you continue to lose weight so overall before falling pregnant this time you had continued you got back to where you were plus more yes um or minus more it depends on how you look at it yeah. but yeah so that's great and the fact you know you, you'd obviously had to navigate through a very difficult time but managed to find your way back to your journey and back to focusing on what you wanted to do and the reason you probably started it in the first place which i think is very very good and now I guess as a pregnant lady going to have a baby in January, I would imagine that also creates, I don't want to call it conflict, but at the same time, decisions you have to make a different way of thinking whilst being pregnant and maybe changing your mindset or your goals and objectives slightly during this time so that you can have a, a healthy pregnancy and also be conscious of, like you said before, like, not wanting to go back to how things were or finding yourself walking around in the supermarkets just living off of chocolate because people say it's acceptable during this time you know so so how yeah. are you finding that currently so I think at the moment um so I I'm not going to lie like I would love to be this example of blossoming pregnant glowing you know feeling wonderful how like cradling my bump all of that stuff you know no because people look at me and they just say to me oh well you don't look very pregnant and I'm 26 weeks pregnant and I perhaps don't look as pregnant as the majority of people at my stage of pregnancy would and 
in some ways I find that good but in other ways I find it really frustrating because I would like people to be like there is a baby in here not just that I've eaten all the pies so I I struggle on that front I also again it's like the people saying oh you can eat for two now and I'm like no I cannot because again for me that's a slippery slope if you offer me a piece of cake I will have it and then the rest of it. So <laughs> I, I do really struggle with that. And I'm just conscious that I want to get myself in. Because before, when I, before I had Evelyn, I was running, I was still doing all the training, everything. And I want to keep on doing that so that I'm putting myself in the best position for birth, labor, and also recovery afterwards, whether I have to have a C-section or whether I have like a a natural birth. I just want it to be, I I just have to put myself in the best position possible. Um, And I'm doing that by staying as fit and healthy and strong as possible. That's fantastic. And I think as well for you, that all the hard work and effort that you put in leading up to the pregnancy, it will keep you closer and it find it easier for you to then go back afterwards with less of a way to go to get back to where you were after your first pregnancy. Because, and, you know, for anyone listening to this or thinking, you know, what the hell does he know? He's just a bloke who's never had a baby. You know, he knows nothing. You're absolutely right in some aspects. I don't. Um, I have two children myself with my wife and have seen her go through. I've got friends, but obviously I'm, I'm making assumptions. So if, you know, anyone wants to call me out on anything I say, by all means, do so I'm here to learn but I would say that you know by focusing on yourself now and putting yourself first not even first because I think that sounds harsh obviously you and your baby for your baby's health as well but being conscious of your health now it will only have a good impact on you once you've given birth and make it easier for you to maintain a healthy lifestyle and also I've I've got another child at home who has physical development needs So I need to stay strong to be able to lift her and carry her and, you know, keep on looking after her. And I, if possible, would like to avoid having a C-section. If I need it, I need it. You know, things happen. But if I'm able to just have the baby and then get back to normality as soon as I can, then, you know, that that's the goal because I'm a busy mom at the end of the day and I've got a little girl that relies on me as well as a newborn baby. Of course. And you'll notice as well that all those pockets of time that you had or probably thought you didn't have with your first child, you then, when, once you've had a second one, realise you actually had a lot more time than you thought you did because now you have a lot less time and, yeah. you know, everything just has to go on. And like you say, that if you have a C-section, recovery time's longer. Both our children were born via C-section and knowing that for a good number of weeks it was difficult. And we had one doctor, I still to this day don't know if he was joking. I think he was being serious though. And he said, you know, you can go back to the gym in a couple of weeks and that's absolutely fine. Just don't do too many sit-ups. And this is my wife who's got like 13 staples across her stomach while while he's saying it to her. I'm just like, hang on a second. I'm not sure that's good advice. But um that's it's amazing Charlotte you know your story and very inspiring what you've done in order to achieve your success with weight loss and the people that have helped you I've really enjoyed hearing that today you've also given a lot of great advice but I would like to ask if it you know if we were to sum it up if you were able to give one piece of advice that you think that would really really help people listening to today's show what would it be I would say you know 
Rome wasn't built in a day. So don't expect to completely transform your life overnight. So I think that if I had gone into Slimming World, stood on the scales and saw 27 stone, I don't think ever I would have thought, oh, you know what? I'll set my target weight at 11 stone because I would have been like, nah, I can't do that. Whereas if you just take every single week and aim to just push yourself a little bit further and to just make the next little step, then those foundations will build up and you'll see real progress. So instead of, you know, standing at the bottom of the mountain and looking up thinking I'll never get there, just take it step by step it's baby steps you know how do we learn how to walk and literally for me I learned how to walk again because I couldn't even walk to the end of my road so I had to go to the first lamppost and then go home and then go to the second lamppost and then go back home and eventually I got to the train station eventually I went from my flat to Columbia Road Market to buy myself flowers on a Sunday morning that for me was incredible that's amazing. It's that so was, true. That was huge. I didn't I didn't run the London Marathon. In fact, I think if you run a marathon, good on you. My dad ran three marathons, all for charity, and he started doing it in his 50s. He's bad. It's just step by step. So don't ever kind of think, oh, that's so much to reach for. I'm not saying don't aim for something big, but just don't focus on that it's all the little things that build up to make a huge difference I think that's amazing and it's very very true because something I was talking about recently with with one of my coaching clients was this that if you set a lofty goal so far in the distance it's good to have that as a one-day goal but there's also this risk of you feeling like you're failing until you hit that unless you create goals in between that you can celebrate those achievements that you have during that journey because you know, if you want to lose 10 stone and you don't feel like you've won or you've celebrated until you hit 10 stone, you are missing the opportunity to celebrate half a stone, one stone, one and a half stone, two stone, all of those things and all of those changes you're making to your body, to yourself while you go through that. And it also puts a lot of extra pressure on yourself. So yeah, baby steps, Charlotte. I absolutely love that advice. Thank you very much. For people who have been inspired by your journey, have enjoyed listening to you talk about, you know, everything that you've been through and everything that's yet to come as part of your journey where could people find you on instagram so my handle on instagram is slimming and the city and you'll find me in the gym you'll find lots of cooking all of my recipes you know i am busy working mum, so i try and keep it sort of like one pot takes like half an hour to cook sort of follows they are sort of slim they are slimming world friendly recipes but they are not all slimming world recipes if i see a recipe that i like i turn it into a lighter more diet friendly version um and little bits about evelyn as well because she seems to be the superstar on my instagram i take her to the gym with me um sometimes i'm lucky that i train in a personal training studio so there aren't many people there i realize that's not an option if you go to a bigger gym because it's just not safe but you know I want her to see her mummy aiming to be a strong healthy version of herself and not looking a certain way it's about how she feels being strong and also because Evelyn has some physical development issues I want her to be able to celebrate 
what she's able to achieve and what one person is able to achieve is different from the next person so we need to celebrate what everybody's capable of doing and for hopefully all of what I've been through for her not to have to go through and for that to be a battle and I never ever want her to question her weight or what her body looks like that's amazing and I'm sure with those values and that support from you uh, she she won't fail she'll achieve all of that Charlotte it's been a pleasure speaking to you I wish you all the best for the next few weeks and going into the last stage of your pregnancy we'll be in touch and uh, look for a nice healthy little boy being born in January yeah and appreciate you being our latest weight loss warrior thank Thank you you for being on the show thank you so much you're welcome take care of yourself thank you bye 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 I'd also like to say a big thank you to you our listeners I appreciate you joining us at the weight loss warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new weight loss warrior tell their story we share brand new episodes every single monday and thursday and hope that you join us next time you can also find us on instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way simply search for weight loss warrior podcast and follow us today remember Be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.